Welcome to the Rusty George Podcast, where each month we'll be tackling issues from the Bible to culture, community, and of course, sports. Thank you for listening. Here we go. Hey, welcome to the Rusty George Podcast. We're really glad that you're joining us, and I'm here with uh, Josh Como, as always, and uh, grateful to have his help on this. And we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about this, um, this TV show that was released on Netflix as Netflix always does, they release a, a new content program and give you all the episodes in one hit. And many people are binge-watching their shows, uh, and they've had a variety of hits. Uh, but this one uh, kind of struck a nerve with our society, and that show is 13 Reasons Why. And we wrote a, a blog about this about a month ago, uh, which you can find on the website, uh, PastorRustyGeorge.com. And talked a little bit about this, um, talked about what you should know before you read or before you watch it and what you should know after you watch it. And it became our biggest blog we've ever put out, uh, generating a lot of feedback and a lot of information. So we wanted to take a little bit of time and talk about that. And so uh, just a, a brief synopsis of the show. And then, Josh, I've got a question for you I'd love to have your input on. But um, the synopsis of the show is that... The story picks up where a girl has committed suicide and a teenager, a uh, high school senior, I believe, junior or senior, yeah, like and she has taken her life and she has left behind uh, 13 Reasons Why recorded on cassette tapes, uh, which is kind of interesting because nobody has a cassette player. They sure. have to try to find one to be able to listen to it. <laughs> and they, each person listens to them on their own and they pass them on to another person, which inevitably everybody begins to figure out they're one of the 13 reasons why uh, she did this. So these tapes start getting passed on and we kind of are viewing this through the eyes of one individual who uh, was actually somebody was a friend of hers and had a crush on her and she on him, though they didn't really express this and on and on it goes. So it, it, it really raises a lot of questions about suicide and about what kids are going through today. And unfortunately, uh, our kids are are often ill-equipped to be able to handle that. So, Josh, what I'd like to hear from you is, because I know you're a student of culture, um, <laughs> what do you make of this? I mean, there have certainly been other um, books and TV shows and movies that have come out that have talked about the trouble with kids today. Yeah. But this one, boy, this one blew up. Yeah. I, I got to tell you, when I first started watching it, like when I was in high school, I graduated in 06, okay? So this is still like... <laughs> That's like just post-90s, basically, the right. two, early 2000s. <laughs> so um, this kind of stuff was just kind of coming to the forefront of an actual epidemic, like left over from the kind of 90s, mm -hmm. um, affluent, you know, grunge, mm -hmm. angst, <laughs> I guess, right. in culture. Right. And um, it, like when I was in high school, Degrassi was big. Um, right. That was like on the Canadian network or whatever, and it was kind of lame and foofy, but it talked about kind of real issues that kids were actually going through, so it was extremely popular among high school right. students and young adults at that time. And so when I first started watching 13 Reasons Why, that's what it kind of reminded me of. I was like, this is just a dark <laughs> Degrassi right. um, of, of sorts, but I think that's kind of why it's caused such a stir is because it can be so graphic, especially towards the end when obviously, you know, it, it, it shows, you know, what what actually happens to Hannah, the main character, but um, ju just the fact that everything was encapsulated within that one character that a high school student goes through, particularly a high school girl goes through, mm -hmm. um, I think it just kind of raised a number of 
Uh, first of all, it exposed a bunch of things that I think everybody pretty much knew what was going on anyways, mm-hmm. but maybe not to this degree. Um, and it kind of spread an anxiety and the fear that what if this is my kid mm-hmm. um, that's going through this and I'm not you know, equipped to handle the situation better or um, I'm just making the situation worse. And so I think it's become popular among kids because it resonates with them and it's become popular among parents because they're afraid uh, mm-hmm. that this, this might be actually my kid that's going through this. So, Right. I, I think you're, you're exactly right there. It kind of hit all of those factors and thus created quite a social stir. Um, I think the thing that is ever prevalent in my mind as I'm raising kids that are moving into that age yeah. is, you know, we continue to learn more and more about how ill-equipped our, our kids are to deal with stress at that age. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think it was even on one of the episodes, well, not, not the episode of 13 Reasons Why, but they did a after the reasons kind of uh, talk show, I guess, with a lot of the, the cast members and, and the author and uh, Selena Gomez, who I believe yeah. produced the whole thing and, yeah. and her purpose behind it all. And, and one of the things that's brought up is that when you're at that stage mentally, biologically, physically, you have recently lost a, um, a third of your cerebral cortex mm-hmm. as your brain is changing. And it is very difficult for teenagers to perceive or conceive that the future is going to hold anything different than they're experiencing yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, and so as a result of that, the decisions that we make during those years are, are not always the best. Well, unfortunately, over the past you know, decade or so especially, social media has ramped up. Yeah the influx of problems that our teens have to deal with who are already fighting with one hand behind their back mm-hmm. or as Rush Limbaugh used to say with half my brain tied behind my back <laughs> in this case a third of it is removed and now they are uh, without you know the aid of that and they're kind of stuck I mean yeah. what, what do you make of that yeah. uh I hate to blame everything on social media, but you're absolutely right. I mean, it, it amplifies both the good and bad qualities of what we see in the way we communicate as a culture, and Correct. especially with uh, kids who, like you said, haven't fully developed that type of brain yet because their hormones are raging and right. they can't distinguish uh, a lot of uh, the rational decisions or, like you said, it, things are going to get better. Um, and so it just amplifies, like I said, like anything that is bad, it causes them to go into this constant state of stress to where they're just right. in a constant flight or flight mode and anything mm-hmm. could, could just set it off. And so particularly among, I think, I think it is women who have more suicide attempts um, than uh, boys do. I believe you're right. I think boys actually commit suicide more uh, frequently because they tend to follow through with it more. Um, which is an interesting statistic as well, um, and I believe that's steadily increasing. Right. But um, yeah, it's you're right. Social media it can be just a dangerous, um, as helpful of a tool as it is, and as many benefits as it brings. Um, if like any other piece of technology, it can be misused and misconstrued, uh, and with with this whole new era of cyberbullying, which. Uh, I mean, I'm hardly even familiar with. I can't imagine what high school students are going through with that kind of stuff right now. Um, it just makes everything 100 times worse. So. Right. And it's it's ever-present. It never goes yeah. away. Uh, I remember I had a, a bully that picked on me when I was in junior high. I still remember his name. Um, I won't say it because he may be listening. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I dreaded the days going to school because he'd tease me or knock my lunch out of my hand or whatever. 
But when I went home, it was over with. Right. Um, yeah, you could escape. I could escape. Yeah. But social media allows it to be ever-present. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of want to just spend a moment talking to the parents that are listening. Um, and I would, first of all, caution you strongly about your kids watching this show because it's not Stranger Things. Yeah. Um, it's not Degrassi High. Yeah. It's, it's certainly not uh, other shows that uh, they may be accustomed to. Uh, watch it first if you're going to watch it before you just let them sit down and watch it. And unfortunately, it's not just going to be up to you because they're going to have a phone or they're going to have access to their friend's house. But if they end up seeing it, you're going to want to have a conversation with them about it because it really brings up a lot of things from, as you alluded to, um, the suicide is very graphic that they that they show. There are uh, two sexual assault scenes. There's um, obviously a, a lot of horrific language and bullying that's going on and drug use and alcohol abuse and those kind of things. Yeah. A lot of things to process for a yeah. kid. Um, and even if that's not what they're experiencing, they begin to think that must be the norm. And so they must be prepared for it and deal with it or even participate in it. Mm-hmm. So I would very strongly uh, caution parents before they let their kids see it. Second of all, if they have seen it, to have a conversation with them. Mm-hmm. What are some some questions that you would recommend, Josh, that they could ask their kids after having seen it? Or maybe they've seen it and their kids haven't, but they want to know, are you dealing with any of that? Yeah, I think it's first easier to say, do you know anybody else who has? (laughs) I guess that opens up the conversation a little bit more to where they feel like they can at least be vulnerable saying, Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I do. Um, And then also it, it shows kind of that you actually care enough to where if they are struggling with that kind of thing, Uh, you're letting them know that you're there and you can actually talk about it with them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's important not to force the issues, uh, but to really, because at the end of the day, you know, you're not responsible for your children. You're just responsible to them. Your promise to them is that you're always going to be there no matter what. Um, Not that you're going to manipulate or control the situation. uh, But, and I think that kind of security, I think goes miles and miles Mm-hmm. Um, just speaking from you know being a teenager myself and remembering how my parents handled it mm-hmm. uh, fairly well and uh, you know much better than a lot of my peers <laughs> whose right. parents did not. Right. Um, that's the one thing I remember is that they were just there and even if I didn't want to come to them with certain things, I knew that I could. Um, and just having that avenue open makes all the difference in the world. That's a that's a great point. And I, I recently read something about the, the differences in the way kids think and what they need from their parents, as you said, to be there for them. The junior high and elementary years, it's really about having fun with their parents. And they want to know their parents are fun and are fun to be around their friends. And they think their parents mm-hmm. are funny and all that. When they get into the latter part of junior high and high school, it's more of, I just need to know my parents are there. Yeah. There's a, um, an awareness of my life, and they're interested in me and all of that, which, which kind of brings me to this other thing, which is the way that we understand that concept with each other. Guys like to be side-to-side. Women like to be yeah. face-to-face. Yeah. And there was, a, there was a lack of that in the show, if you've noticed. Yes. There was hardly any parents that were actually present right. in the kids' lives. Yeah, you see them pop in, open the door, you okay? All right, bye-bye, yeah. close the yeah. door. Uh, it's almost like they're scared to engage. And so what I, I've been thinking a lot about in my life, with my own parenting, is like I have two girls. So they need to know face-to-face, not the way I relate, which is side-by-side, which is side-by-side watching a ball game, side-by-side watching TV, side-by-side in the car. That's the way guys relate. Uh, girls relate face-to-face. So what I'm trying to do better of is 
phone down, TV off, look them in the eye. Mm-hmm. I'm even very cognizant of the direction my feet are facing, yeah. uh, which is kind of an interesting social study. You can begin to see if somebody's interested in talking to you, if their feet are facing you. Mm-hmm. Um, but to actually turn and look at my daughters and listen to them, uh, even if I don't have answers for everything they say, most of the time they don't want answers. They just need to know that this is a safe place. Mm-hmm. Um, so that if those moments do come up or if difficulty comes around, they'll they'll be interested in talking about it uh, with you. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. This is just an interesting point, and it may contradict everything we just said. <laughs> but <laughs> I, it seemed as though Hannah's parents, uh, the gal who committed suicide in the show, actually seemed to be the most engaged uh, or at least interested in mm-hmm. what was going on with mm-hmm. her. It was kind of her that was pulling away, even though she was still screaming for help to some degree. Right. Uh, her and Clay, the other main character's parents, seemed to be the most, um, at least, present. Uh, maybe not the most engaged or the most, like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, involved, I, right. I guess, in their life. Right. But they were definitely the most present. And so it, you just never know. And that's where grace comes in to, mm-hmm. to yourself and to mm-hmm. your children and your spouses. To, to say, like, this is nobody's fault, these things that are happening, um, or mm. at least no one person's fault. And uh, there has to be a grace in every aspect of those situations. So That's a great point. And what I was haunted by with Hannah's parents were they were so stunned. Yeah. They had no clue. So, yeah. I mean, to your point, here they were some of the most engaged parents, but also the most clueless as yeah, well exactly. as to the pain she yeah. was hiding. And that had to do with some of their own pain too with their pharmacy not doing well and them running away from their other jobs they had moving right. into town and whatnot. So right. there's, a, there's a background there that I don't think we get in the show that was probably in the book maybe. I don't know. I haven't right. read it. Uh, but uh, And that just goes to show too, like you said this past weekend with Abraham and Isaac, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Parenting matters, and those it promises does. and those faithful that faithfulness that comes out of that right um, has an effect on the kids and the way that we're bringing them up and, and teaching them to live their own life. So exactly, oh my goodness, yeah. Well, it's heavy stuff. Um, a, a blog that we did uh, back in March was called Five Decisions Every Parent Must Make for Their Kids." Uh, we talk about this a little bit more in there. We talk about monitoring social media limiting tech time, things that your kids are not going to want you to hear, but uh, will be helpful for you in staying a little bit more involved and alert as to what's going on in their life. So uh, praying for all the parents out there and all the kids uh, just managing their lives today and uh, we'll deal with Jesus. So anyway, Josh, thanks again. Thank you, man. Thanks so much for listening today. If you have a moment, we'd love for you to go to iTunes and write a review and share this with your friends on social media and just by word of mouth. It's been great to have you here. We'll see you next month.